Well, good morning. It feels like for us, th- this moment has been a long time coming. And I think it's the anticipation. Carolyn and I were so excited. And as we drove across the country, the excitement grew and more and more. And so now we find ourselves. And I want to thank you right at the outset of our time here today. I want to just take a moment to to say and and to express our gratitude for the welcome that we have already received. Thank you for sacred moments this morning even as we've shared together. Thank you for fostering and creating those sacred moments as we share, as, as we come alongside and as we take this position now as, as pastors. I want to thank you for how we have been received here. I know that you have been praying for us. Carolyn shared it a little earlier, our gratitude too. But I know that you've been praying for us. And I speak for my whole family when I say that, that we feel so welcomed here. That it already, even in these early days, it feels like we've come home. You know, and I I guess that shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, we come together as the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And so we come to this place before our Heavenly Father, here in His house. And so how can it not feel like home? And I hope that you feel that same way. That when you come here, that you recognize there is something sacred. There's something special about these moments that we get to join together to meet with our Heavenly Father corporately as His church. I hope that you know that this is a safe and welcoming space. We have found it to be so. And rightfully so. It is the house of God. And it is about Him. It's not about Fred. It's not about Carolyn or Brian or Glenda. It's about God and what He's doing and how he meets us, and how he shares with us too. And so our desire as pastors as we come in here really is to see him glorified and in each and every aspect of who we are as a church. In our daily lives that we see him glorified. In the ministry that we serve and how we serve our community that we would see him glorified. And that he would receive honor And that people would come to know him and know his goodness and his love in these days. I guess it's appropriate that I share a little bit about myself. I'll leave Carolyn. She's going to speak next week. So that's your your invite for next week to come back. But she's going to speak next week. But I'll I'll take this opportunity to introduce myself a little bit, share a little bit about me. Uh, You may or may not hear it as I speak. But I grew up in a little town in Newfoundland, in Trinity Bay, Newfoundland. It's my people. (laughs) And in Trinity Bay, it's one of those little places where there's probably more boats than there are people. And that's how I grew up. And I grew up going to church there, learned very early uh, in life how important it is to have a meaningful and, and true and honest relationship with Christ. And the difference that that can make. And that really is my story of of faith. That's my testimony, we'd call it. But that's my journey of faith. 
It's about how God has led me, how he has worked in my heart and the, the pieces that he's put in me. He's put a thirst in my life for the things of his word. I love the Bible. I love to study it. I love to learn from it. I love to teach it. I love to retell the stories that are found in there and to share it. I love how it meets me right where I am. I love how it speaks even when it's hard. I love how it meets me right where I am. And I think that that is one reason why this passage of Scripture that we'll share and we'll look into this morning, why it's so near and dear to my heart, why it speaks to me on so many levels. I think the first one that hits me is the fact that I love to fish. Any fisher people here? Anyone like to fish? That's good. I'm taking notes because I... <laughs> I love to fish, love it, passionate about it, whether it's from a boat or from the canoe that Brian mentioned out here in the little pond, I'm not sure how that'll go, but uh, <laughs> whether it's like that, whether I'm ice fishing or from a dock or from the shore, whether I'm, you know, uh, catch and release or if I'm catching and cooking, I like to do that, whether I'm fishing for bass or pike or pickerel or perch or any of the other peas that come through, love it. Love to fish. You get the idea, right? And so I think that that's my initial connection to this passage of Scripture that we find here in Matthew. I love to fish, and we will see that Jesus first calls fishermen. And so I think that's a sign. We continue this summer teaching series uh, here at Northridge when and it's entitled, When Jesus Says, I Will. You see it there, and, and thanks for those who've put that, that graphic together. It really captures it. But I wanted to share a little context into some of the, the ideas behind how we got here and why we're looking at this series. I put it together because I believe that nothing conquers fear and uncertainty like hearing the voice of God say, I will. That I'm not naive enough to think that we're entering into days of transition. And change is not always easy for people. And maybe some of you are wondering, how's this going to go? Maybe some of us are wondering, how's this going to go? And nothing calms the fears and the uncertainty like the promise of God. Nothing answers the question, well, well who is this? Who should I be concerned? Who's going to handle this? Who's going to do this? Nothing calms that and quenches that and answers it like hearing the voice of God. Jesus say, I will. I've got this. I love that. And I need that. I think that some of us here too may need that. And so Matthew, I want to get in here in Matthew's gospel. He writes and he includes this first story, or the story of the first calling of the disciples. And so it's Matthew chapter 4, and beginning at verse 18, we'll sort of break it down a verse or so at a time, but we're going to begin with verse 18. Matthew 4 and verse 18 from the New Living Translation. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. 
So hang on to that for a moment. I want you to picture it in your mind's eye, okay? One of the things that I find most helpful about Scripture is taking an opportunity to just picture it and play it through in your mind. So in your mind's eye, it's a beautiful morning. The sun is glistening on the calm waters of the Sea of Galilee, which is really like a big lake. Picture yourself maybe on a Muskoka Lake or somewhere like that, walking along the shore. And there are a couple of fishermen that you notice on the shoreline, and they're throwing out a casting net. Now, a casting net, I'm a fisherman, remember, is a big round net, and it's got weights on the outside, and you throw it from the shore like this, and it spans out. And it's used to catch little bait fish, usually things that you'd use for bait later. Uh, and so this is likely what Peter and Andrew were doing. They were getting ready to go fishing that night. And so they're getting their bait together, and they're just working away, throwing the net out, and Matthew tells us that these guys, their names are Simon, who's also called Peter, and Andrew. And so they're working away, and looking up from their work, they notice that Jesus is walking along the shore toward them. And it's important to note here, too, that Jesus was known by Peter and Andrew at this point. They already knew who he was. Jesus was already teaching. He'd begun his ministry. He was preaching to the people in the town of Capernaum. And depending on the gospel that you read, Mark's account of this, he says that Jesus was not only already preaching by this time, but he was also doing miracles. And he was healing people. And so there was, it was very likely that in this town of Capernaum where all this was happening, that they knew who Jesus was. He was making news. Some commentators even go as far to say that, that Peter and Andrew had a relationship with Jesus, that they, they knew who he was. They were friends. And so regardless of, of how exactly that looked, the Bible is clear that there's a relationship here, that, that they know who he is. As Jesus is walking toward the fishermen, that they know who he is, at least in part. Verse 19, Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me. And I will, there's a phrase, show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And there it is. See, we hear Jesus speak our words in this verse. I will. The New International Version phrases it as, Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This, of course, echoes the passage from last week where Brian introduced this series, and we heard Jesus say, Come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. This week, we hear Jesus say, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, or show you how to fish for people. So put yourself for a moment in Peter's shoes here. You're minding your own business, you're throwing out your net, you're sorting the little fish that you, you haul in, filling up your bucket, you're busy working, getting ready for the evening, and along comes Jesus, whom you've heard preach a time or two before, who maybe you've seen him do some, some amazing things, and as he approaches, Jesus says, hey Peter, I want you to drop what you're doing. Just stop what you're doing, drop it, and join me on my travels. Leave your boat and your net right there. Just leave all your stuff. You're going to be my student now, and I want you to follow me around. And I'm going to show you how to live. 
Because that's what, it, that's what happens. The language that Jesus uses here, this phrase, come follow me, it, it's a Greek phrase, this follow, from the, the, the Greek meaning or translation, is the same words used to describe the relationship between a master and a student. In the Old Testament, it's often used to describe the relationship between a teacher of the law and their student who's coming up behind them, their apprentice. And so what Jesus is saying to Peter and Andrew is stop what you're doing. I've got a job for you to do, and I want you to follow me. He's not saying, hey, can you come with me for a second? I've got something to show you. It's not, can you, you know, Peter, can you follow me for a second? I've got something to do. This is a life-changing, altering, huge shift in the lives of these men. He's saying, stop fishing and come and learn how to live from me. And they do. They stop right then and they join him walking along the beach. And the story continues. Further up the shore, more fishermen are mending their nets. They've been out all night fishing and in the coolness then of the morning they begin cleaning out the boat They're mending their nets, getting ready to head out again in the evening. And Jesus says the same thing to these couple of guys. Verses 21, a little further up the road, or a little further up the shore, he saw two older brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Now, when you hear that, if this is new to you, I imagine the first thing you think is, how could they do that? Just stop what they're doing, stop their job, drop everything, and follow this guy. And we get an indication here. There's no reason blatantly listed from Matthew as to why they would do this. But we get the indication that there's something different about Jesus here that he's worth following, that there's something different, that they're intrigued, that they're drawn to him. I think, too, one of the other things maybe that we feel or we, we think about as we consider this passage is that God doesn't really call people like this today, does he? You think, we think maybe that's great for the disciples, but we're so removed from this reality that it doesn't hit home, that it doesn't connect, that God doesn't call us this way, that Jesus doesn't say, come follow me, as blatant as that anymore. Well, I want to share a little more of my story. When I finished high school, I did a trade, and I was a marine diesel mechanic. And so I used to work on large ships uh, in St. John's, and tankers, and Coast Guard boats, and all that kind of stuff, and I loved it. I made good money, I enjoyed the work, I got to see some amazing feats of engineering. Engines so big I could stand in them. And I was this big then. (laughs) But just amazing things that I got to see and witness. And then one day, out of the blue, I remember I was in the basement of the shop that I worked in and I was cleaning parts. And a thought came into my mind. And I can't explain it 
any more clearly than to simply say, this thought came out of the blue, and I knew it was God. And God said, Fred, this is fine for now. What you're doing, this is fine for now. But this is not what you're meant to do with your life. And I knew in that instant that God was calling me to pastoral ministry with the Salvation Army, that God was calling me to, to be a pastor. And I knew it, and I can't explain it, how I knew it. I, it's just the, the miraculous nature of who God is and how he works in our lives, and I knew. He said, this is fine for now. The time is not right yet. But there's something more that I have for you. And so, not quite sure what to do with this. Like I said, I grew up in a church, and I, I called my dad when I got home that evening. My dad's a godly man, and I am thankful for him. I respect him greatly. And so I said, Dad, here's what happened, and told him the story. And I didn't know what to expect. But what he said sort of shocked me a little bit. I said, Dad, I, I told him the story. I said, so I, I think I'm called into to pastoral ministry. I think I'm called to be an officer, a, a pastor with the Salvation Army. And on the phone he said, sure, I could have told you that. <laughs> I said, oh, <laughs> well, why didn't you? Uh, but he did. He said, yeah, he said, I want to tell you a story now. He said, when you were a baby, just hours old, he said, there was a little box of promises. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say a box of promises? There's a little, often a little box, and there's little uh, passages of Scripture inside. There's a bunch of them. And they're just promises from Scripture that you can pull out sort of at random to be encouraging, to, to speak to you, to... Uh, just to, to be an inspiration. And so there was this box of promises on the table in the hospital where I was born, in the waiting room, I guess. And he said, when you were just hours old, he said, I was in this waiting room. He said, and I saw the promises, and I picked the promise, and I said, now this one is for you. And guess what it was? Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. From Matthew. And so he said, when I pulled that out, God spoke to me. And he said, your son is going to be in pastoral ministry. And I couldn't believe it. So some time passed. And I was growing discontent uh, in my work as a mechanic. And I couldn't explain it. Because I loved what I did. But I couldn't explain it. I know now, looking back, that this was God's call on my heart that it was God's tugging. But at the time, you know, I, I wasn't there. And in this season of life, our church, the church I was at uh, attending, they were doing a 24-7 prayer vigil where you, you know, divide up and you take a shift and you pray for 24 hours a day and you pray for seven days a week and uh, there's this campaign, a 24-7 prayer. And so being one of the younger guys, I took a shift at like 2 in the morning to, uh, to do that. And I was praying in this prayer room in St. John's Citadel, uh, at the church in St. John's, and praying in this prayer room. I was praying about my discontentedness, praying about what might happen, and, and just praying about God's direction for my life. And 
you know, praying about pastoral ministry and is this a direction that I, I want to go? Is this the thing that is going to happen? So as I was praying about this, I noticed a little box of promises <laughs> on the table and I pulled one out and this is it. And do you know what it says? This is an old school one. Come ye after me and I will take you and make you to become fishers of men. Yeah, I didn't clap in the moment, I cried. Yeah, no. And so I was amazed at how God called us. I could no longer deny it, and I could no longer say, well, the time is not right. And God moved and spoke in that miraculous ways. And see, this story is all about how God meets people right where they are. That's the story of the disciples, too. To fishermen, Jesus says, you come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will show you how to fish for people. To a young man who was uncertain about what tomorrow would bring, undeniably, God says, come follow me. And I'll show you how to fish for people. I'll show you how to care for people. I'll show you how to love people as a pastor for my church. And so I wonder, in these moments, what is it that God is calling us to do right now? As we hear the voice of Jesus say, come follow me, what is it, I think, what is it we think that God is calling to us? As we hear him say, come follow me and I will make you. The story of the disciples echoes in our ear. Just regular, ordinary guys, fishermen, not that well educated, no background in the law. They were the ones that Jesus called and said, come and I will make you. And in these moments that we share, as just regular, ordinary people, we hear his voice say again, come follow me and I will make you. And we have the opportunity to pray about that and see what that is. What is God calling us to be? As individuals, what is God calling you to do? As a church, what is God calling us to be? What does God want to make in us and through us here in Newmarket, in Aurora? See, Christ's call is to follow, and it's all about apprenticeship. It's about journeying this life with him. And for us today, following Jesus is an invitation to believe in him, an invitation to trust an opportunity for us to live and to follow his example. And one of the great blessings about whatever it is that Jesus is calling us to, one of the great blessings that come with come follow me is that next phrase, and I will make you. God, by his Holy Spirit, equips us to live out the calling that he places on our lives, whatever it is. As I was in the bottom of the boat 
working away on a big engine, no way did I feel qualified to be a pastor. No way did I feel that I should be the one to preach the word. Even now, as I stand before you, you know, some 12 or 15 years later, I feel so humbled. And I'm only here because of the grace of God. Because he says, come follow me to Northridge. And I go, okay. And he doesn't stop there. He says, come follow me to Northridge, and I will make you. And I will work in your heart, and you will be the pastor. And it's humbling. But see, that's the promise, that God will always equip us to live out the calling that he places on our lives. Scriptural. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20 says, Now may the peace of God, may that God, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. And no doubt as we look at the story of the disciples that God used and empowered those first disciples to do amazing things. These guys, they witnessed and participated in miracles. They healed and they cured and they fed multitudes of people. They prophesied and evangelized and spoke truth. They confronted even teachers of the law in their day about their hypocrisy. And Christ used them to build the church as the first bearers of the gospel message. But before all that, before any of that happened, they were ordinary people going about their ordinary lives, their regular lives, who heard and who responded when Jesus said, come follow me. They heard Christ's call and chose to believe, to trust, and to seek to please him. And so my overwhelming prayer as we move in here to Northridge, as we give leadership here, as we begin to, to know you and to walk this journey of faith with you, these early days, our earnest and heartfelt prayer over you is that we would be bold enough as his people to do the same, to hear his call and to respond by choosing to believe, choosing to trust in who he is, and choosing to follow his example. Christ today says, come follow me, church, and I will make you my people. I will make you sons and daughters. And whatever it is that God is calling us to, we know by his word that he equips us to do it. Because the truth is, Christ is enough. Period. Christ is enough. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this day because indeed you are enough. We thank you, God, because you, you stir in our hearts and you move us. 
We thank you because we hear your voice, even in these moments, say, come to me. And, we, God, we, and God, we know that you are enough. Your word already has told us last week, come to me if you're weary, and I will give you rest, you say. And now we hear the voice of Christ say, come to me, come follow me, and I will give you purpose. I will give you meaning. I will give you a, a sense. I, I will make you, your word says. So God, I pray that, that we would all experience your voice in these days, that we would hear you say, come to, a, come to me, and that we would respond to you. Because indeed, no matter what we face, no matter what you call us to, we know that you are enough. And we praise you and thank you, God, for it. Bless us. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.